You are listening to the Mick and Mac GAA Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Mick and Mac GA Football Podcast. Mac, how's things? Yeah, grand Mick, thank God. Uh, Jesus, the weather's took a bit of a dip, so uh, thank God we have these podcasts to keep me uh, keep me going. <laughs> what jersey sporting there? Is that Leon, is it? Leon, my man, Leon. I have a good France connection here. <laughs> Some selection of jerseys, I'd say. Oh, it's a joke, it's a joke. <laughs> uh, how was your date night last night? <laughs> it was grand, my man. She uh, She's trying to really set me down these days, so... Uh, Oh, I don't know, boss. Fucking so time's off the essence. <laughs> that, that woman is keeping a tight leash on you. <laughs> About time, pal. <laughs> uh, delighted to be joined by uh, Tyrone man, Conor McAlissey. Conor, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, lads. Um, same as everyone, trying to get through the lockdown. Uh, thanks for having me on today. Oh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I suppose, how's life been for yourself the last while? Have you kept busy? Yeah, well, I am. Um... Luckily for myself, I work for a pharmaceutical company, Almac and Clinical Services, um, just 15 minutes from myself, and we've had the great opportunity to work from home there the last 11 weeks, so I haven't had that much downtime of um, trying to get myself in that routine, and you know, work's been helping me do that, and yeah, you know, just think everyone was doing the same at the beginning, the great wag and was getting out doing a bit of running, a few walks, just keeping myself busy, so... Yeah, spend a bit more time with a girlfriend. I said, this is the most time she's ever spent with me over the last uh, 10 years. So. You're still together. <laughs> yeah, we're still together. So maybe that's a good thing. Um, usually it was football and took up most of the evenings and we've never seen each other once or twice. But um, no, all's going well so far, thankfully. And you're saying you were doing a bit of training still and stuff. So would you be out practicing your ball skills and just keeping fitness up and stuff? Yeah, I think, um, I said, at the very beginning, uh, Always would have kept myself, you know, in some sort of shape. So I was doing, you know, a few runs, a bit of track running, a bit of fight, a few fight days, 10Ks, just keeping the fitness up. But um, as I went along, you know, just trying to keep the ball skills going. And uh, thankfully, um, even when it didn't look likely that our club sort of kept everything together and we've done a few Zoom sessions and we've done a wee bit of, um, like, you know, challenges are being put into a group for being set for the youth teams and stuff. So I sort of have taken them and sort of like sat them. So it was, it was good for me to keep the, keep the skill base going too. Yeah, definitely. And you took a break from the county this year. I mean, so it's kind of a strange year to take a break from it, I suppose. Uh, what were your reasons for kind of taking a break? Yeah, I, um, like I had a couple of, a couple of hefty injuries there, um, the last couple of years. Um, First mechanic cup game, 2017, up in Calvin, I dislocated my knee. I had a sort of SCL and MCL came off the bone. So that sort of um, took the whole county year and I played the club championship end of that year and sort of came back 2018 and I was, you know, I was struggling to get back into it. And then next thing I dislocated my ankle after the week or two after the championship for the club, a couple of weeks after our final. And, 
it's going to maybe last year. Yeah, we're struggling, you know, just with injuries, just to sort of like feel fresh, feel fit. And when I came back, the club was picking up niggly injuries. Um, it just for myself, physically, and then on top of mentally, I just need to take a step back. It was, it was probably too much overall, you know. I sort of got myself in the a setup that was just always going to county chain and wasn't really so I was maybe taking it a bit for granted and it wasn't like you know pushing myself as it had been previous years and the body maybe with the two injuries wasn't that much push myself as much as I wanted and sort of thought to myself you know this year I'll just take a step back concentrating clubs so maybe enjoy myself a wee bit more and have that more bit of free time with you know friends and family and maybe go on a couple of holidays to see if I can sort of Maybe you get a bit of a refresh to go back to it, but it's been a weird one. Um, it should have been like you know, this should be the hardest part when you're in the height of championship, everything should be going, and you should be really, really missed it now. And I think it's maybe had that we, um, with everyone not training and having no football, it's probably been a wee bit easier, like taking that step back, step back. But you know, if you if you leave the county and you say you haven't, you'll never miss it, or you do a small part of you that doesn't miss it. You've got questions to ask yourself, like, you know, there's always that, that you know, that will always miss it, no matter what yeah. decision you've made. And you're just, you're just mentioning the injuries there and stuff. I mean, how tough is that mentally when you're having a couple of really bad injuries? How do you kind of, I suppose, keep yourself a positive mindset? Uh, yeah, it is tough. Um, the, the second one was, or the ankle was a lot tougher um, for me personally. Like, you know, I, I wasn't. I can wait actually a couple of weeks. Is maybe just after Christmas when we're back at throne and we're up in the physio room and just you know getting ready for going out to training. And we were talking about someone that done their SEL. And I sort of said to myself, I was like, if I do my SEL, I was like, right, that's really dumb. I was like, yeah. forget about it. You know, physically, mentally, to keep myself, you know, driven to come back. I was like, I couldn't. I don't think I could do it. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks later, I was landing down the hospital with them. <laughs> An unstable me, so you know it's where it works. But look at the time with your own. I got so much help. Um, the physios up there, you know, even the backroom team, all the players, you know, were so good. And with the knee, I had got down. I got sort of scans all done the next day. I sat in for operation, and I had my operation done. Um, the toughest part was, you know, at the very beginning, I was on a toe to hip cast. God. Couldn't move, couldn't get about, and it was a real struggle for the first two or three weeks. And like I was literally like dead bound for two weeks, and you know, relying on everyone. And from being so active and so out and about, that was a bit that really, really like that, that I struggled with. But I suppose it sort of helped me in this stage too, because as soon as I could get up and about, I was like, yeah, that's it, guys. I'm not taking like you know no more yeah. backward steps. So that's sort of like two to three weeks was the toughest, but it was really like a driving force. So. Once I was able to get up and about, and like as soon as like I got the news, uh, Mickey Hart, Mickey Drangma, um, he sort of said to me, look, all as much as possible, try and keep it around the squad to keep you know your morale high, get involved, keep involved, but you want to come back and involved next year. So thankfully, I was doing that. A couple of guys from the club were driving up, and they were able to take me up, and I spent basically two to three nights every week. I don't think I missed a training session, you know, that yeah. time. And, it was going up, you getting that uh, physio, and you're able just to keep yourself and just when you start to get to the stage that you can see the big steps coming on, like it, it was good. Um, I took a couple of holidays around the Spain for a week, and 
I went to New York for a week, you know, in the middle of it, which was a real downtime, just so like, you know, just forget about it, no training, just so let your body like enjoy yourself and recover. Um, but the ankle, like it was completely different. The pain element in the ankle lasted a lot longer than the needed. Um, I had an open dislocation and spent a week in hospital instead of like a couple of hours. And, um, it was weird, like, you know, when it happened, when I had this kid in the knee, I just knew that I had this kid in the knee. I felt my leg was broke just under my knee because just the body felt it and I heard the crack. When I done the ankle, you know, when I done the knee, I started sitting there, no real pain, but when I done the ankle, <laughs> if, if, if anyone at the match really knew that I was in big problems, like, because the pain was serious and, like, even, like, the operation and the recovery from that, you know, it was a lot slower. Um, Maybe it wasn't as big as an injury, but just like, you know, just through the ankle, you need your ankles, like, you know, for everything, you know, it was just like, it's a real struggle, like, but I'd say once I was just coming around and I was sort of coming into a good way and coming into like, you know, end the league and start a championship, it was a real driving force to try and get myself going. So when you're involved in the county and it goes on all year and you have a club championship, you know, at the end of the year, you sort of always have something to drive yourself towards. So. Yeah, and that's what I try to focus on, but yeah, sometimes it is very tough, like. And when you're, I mean, getting back into playing after those injuries, are you kind of still worried that something might happen the first few weeks? You might get injured again, kind of, or do you kind of forget about it? No, um, with the knee, um, I think, you know, I'd worked with Michael Hart, you know, and Sean and Louis O'Connor a lot, and, you know, I'd been um, down to Sandy Sport, and I'd done my test, and, you know, and I'd really, like, seen results, you know, that I was, you know, I was comfortable. Um, I was out kicking about and, you know, probably from three and a half, four, five months, you know, like, you know, I was up at the games and, you know, kicking about before and um, trying to get a session done before the games and getting out and moving the ball about and even joining in. Um, we had bit of training, like non-contact training at the start, um, especially at County. So, first game I actually came back and played. Um, it was a club championship match at the end of the year. Um, and I felt comfortable with that and you know sort of the club championship we played two or three games and were caught out and then I had the whole winter off and I sort of came back and I was like you know, maybe it was that sort of off time and sort of stepped away from myself and came back and it's just difficult trying to get back and you don't play football for a year like no matter how fit and how like you know fresh and sharp you feel not playing football and going straight in the county level is a very difficult thing to do <laughs> And we see your uh, club jersey in the background there, um, Connor. Like, uh, when did you start for your club? Um, so I started playing senior football for for the club in 2010. Um, sort of took a bit of a growth spurt and put on a few pounds, like a, maybe a bit of strength conditions sort of help. But um, I actually had like I, I joined 2010, and I was on the sort of panel and I was back and forth. Um, 2011. I was only starting to like break into it and I was sort of still in and out of a team. Um, so I had a sort of hit and miss side of 11 towards the end of the championship, but um, I started sort of getting into it. Um, I sort of rolled on, played first time played County in 2012 at 221s, and then I actually had went well. Calvin beat us in the, the final that year up in, um, in a skill, but sort of played well and I sort of came back into it and as soon as I came back to club football I sort of hit the ground running at senior level so like 11, 12 was when I really sort of like started making the mark or started like you know playing well at, um, like for club seniors um, 
went and we won the league in five and twelve and like that top score. And it's sort of like the first year that goes right and with certain like you know club senior player like you know sort of cemented the place. And then I like, got called on the throne team in 2013. So it was sort of, sort of like accelerated from a period from like 15, 16, 17, and it sort of struggled to sort of meet the like physical demands of the game. Sort of like, you know, stepped up, played seniors, thrown on the 21s, cemented the place of seniors, and then played throne seniors all within, you know, a year and a half, two years. So moved quick enough. Yeah, when you were a young fella, what age did you, seven or eight were you, or what, how young were you? When you started off at the very, very start? Uh, at the very start, I was like, oh, my family's uh, football mad. So, you know, everyone was trying, like, you know, cousins were playing. And my dad was helping out, you know, managing. So, from four or five, you know, so since I could really walk, I sort down with him. But I um, joined in, start playing, maybe five, six. And from then, like, you know, just all the time ball in the hands, you know, even like, you know, going to school. Taking the ball with me to school, so the ball to the school, you know, we just couldn't get out of my hand, you know, to play like. Um, so it all went well, like, you know, on my youth football, I suppose, like, I was small, I, like, you know, not overly tall and out either, like, but I was very small, like, back, like, you know, under 12, 14, 16, you know, and the height difference and the physicality didn't really make it really that much impact. And I was flying, you know, I was scoring all the time, but then there's that period when I was sitting going, I didn't need to. <laughs> I need to grow a couple of inches and need to put on a couple of stone here if I'm going to have any um, chance of playing any football in the next couple of years. So, um, oh, yeah, so like, I remember Alex, I'm always involved from so could walk, good run. She's happy, it is. And kind of, you were talking just a little bit earlier about Mickey Hart there. I mean, what is he like as a man and as a manager? I suppose he's kind of private, we don't really hear much about him down here, especially. Yeah, he sort of, to be fair, like, he keeps himself to himself, really. Um, in around the squad, you know, he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be always over, you know, I wouldn't say he's, he doesn't talk to you, but he wouldn't be, like, you know, in the team's room every night, you know, having the crack, having the banter, getting around the lads, you know. When we landed at training, he sort of, like, you know, was always there at the door, welcoming you, asking how you are, you know, passing himself with you, and then him and Gavin and Pete, Pete Donnelly at the time, they was up. Was going out to organise training and the boys were just getting ready. Um, now, if he wanted to talk to you, he would pick up the phone and you know, talk to you and you'd give him team selection or something that he wanted you to work on or something that he could do. Or he would always have a meeting, but um, yeah, he's a gentleman, like you know, he always would talk to you and he passed and stuff with you, but like, he just wouldn't be that person that would be like, you know, yeah, like in the middle of a crowd, yeah. like you know, trying to like force himself into a conversation, yeah. And um, when you were talking to him about like taking a break from the panel, was an okay conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a. It was a sort of decision that I had sort of made. It was sort of made like after um, we were beat by Curie, and the sort of son that was going up the road and I was like, yeah, I think you know next year I'm going to take a break. But uh, we had club club championship and all the play here, so I said look, I play a club of club championship and then the club league. I said we'll finish it out, take a couple of weeks. And then I'll ring Mickey. Um, I didn't like the amount of people that were talking. You know, I'd sort of mentioned it to a couple of ones that, you know, like friends. I was like, ah, oh, I think I'm going to take a step back this year. You know, I don't know why I haven't told anyone. I haven't done that. And then the next thing I was at the, you know, a club game. And then I was thinking, oh, here you quit. And I said, like, well, I haven't told anyone they quit. You know, like, you know, I haven't mentioned it to Mickey. And I said, well, 
Does he want to have to ring this one? <laughs> you know what? I didn't want to hear like anyone like you know saying it like as a third person like telling them along the time myself. But look outside of football, they um had a couple of like you know a couple of tough years. You know, like my brother in law died at the age of thirty three. You know, suddenly, um, you know, like one day actually now it's coming back. It's first being back after the. Knee injury at home, like we were playing up in Clay, my local pitch, you know, and like, you know, I was leaving the house and everything was okay. And when the match was finished, you know, Crystal there was intensive care and, you know, not looking well. And, you know, that had a big impact on myself and on my family. And sort of like, you know, that was that was another reason that, you know, I, I wanted to take a step back on and spend more time with family and sort of like, you know, enjoying myself like a bit more. And when I wasn't enjoying like being up at training as much, you know, it was like, right, I'm going to have to make this decision. So, to be honest, like that's sort of like more the mental side of why you know I probably wasn't enjoying training and why I wanted to take that step back, as well as the physical side of the injuries. To be fair, like when I rang Mickey, he he sort of was he was out he, like he obviously wanted me to stay on, but at the same time he turned around and he said to me like you know I can completely understand where you're coming from. When Crystal went to your two injuries, you know sometimes you know you just need these breaks and you just sort of need to take a step back, you know. So, um. It was a conversation that I was dreading. Uh, it was a decision that obviously, you know, you're not locked in. You know, it's not as rock away whenever you want, but you grew up always looking to play county football, mm. you know, and then to make a decision that you're going to step away is a big, big decision in your life. It says there since 2013, you know, and, um, and then, like, obviously, you didn't want to be seen as letting anyone down, and I didn't want to let Ricky down, it's to be seen taking a step away. And as soon as I sort of said to them, it was just out there. I was like, this is a situation I'm not making. Like, like, you know, and Maddie, <laughs> Maddie had um, tore his hamstring off the bone for his club the week before. And there was talk of Fahal going to Australia. And I was like, this is real bad timing for you, Mickey. You know? but, uh, I had to tell him, you know, and to be fair, um, it was really good how he took that meeting. He understood exactly where it was at. And like, you know, I really did appreciate like, how he was taking the news. And, um, I like I went down better with Mickey than I did with a couple of other people. You know, like you still had the people ringing me. Oh, don't do it. You know, you can always come back. And like Mickey told me that if ever you know if I kept myself sharp, I kept myself fit, and was playing at the club, and ever thought that I was open to returning, you know, to pick up the phone, that it was always there, and if there was anything else ever needed, to pick up the phone with him and talk to him. You know, so you sort of said the door was never closed. So it was just something that I did appreciate and. As I say, I'm 28 years of age, and um, I didn't want to just throw in the towel to the almost independent career that I got, and that he didn't close the door. So it was a difficult conversation, but he yeah. made it a lot easier. Yeah, I can imagine. And I, I, I read Mickey Hart saying like he was more of a, a break than retirement. And I suppose intercounty career like football is such a grueling, like you're constantly going, it's so intense. I mean, so after quitting the panel essentially for a while what what have you been doing with your spare time now like yes it's a bit weird um it's you know like i sort of like taking up things that i've always enjoyed and things that i always wanted to do and um actually the time that i left show and i got a phone call uh, from a journalist in the Irish news and he was like looking at an interview and i said you know we're talking to someone already um, and he goes off and asked if you're going to play Irish league soccer and I was like, no, I haven't played soccer in three or four years, you know, I haven't played soccer properly, you know, six or seven years. And 
I don't know if he knew something that I didn't know. You know, a, a week or two later, the youngsters contacted me and asked me if they wanted to train with him. So, um, at the start, I said, we're going, no, I took a step back. I didn't want to go into all this here. You know, I didn't want to like, dedicate more time to something. But at the same time, I said, I really do enjoy playing soccer. So I went in to train with him for like, you know, four or five weeks and no interest in signing him. But then I just decided it's not what I wanted to do. But, you know, you playing soccer with like, you know, my friends and the local league. Went in and we tried Irish League soccer team, you know, and got on well. And picked up playing golf again, you know, and obviously, as I said, like, you know, you know just, you know, it's more time with your family, more time with the family, and more time with, like, you know, with the, the lads, really, you know, like, I've missed out on that, you know, like, I've missed out on, like, basically my whole panties with my best friends, you know, I've missed out on summer holidays and stuff like that. And then I just say that, you know, just simply, like, an even divided every game and play a game of foot golf, you know. Simple stuff like that, and like, do you want to go? And I'm like, aye, I'll go yeah. this evening, you know. Instead of saying, oh, Calvin, let's see, like, grab a bite deep here and go to training, you know, you have that flexibility when something like that comes up, you can just go to class, go down to the town for a few years, or, you know, go down, maybe like, there's a fight on, like, USC's on, go to someone's house, you know, to watch it or play football. And you just, honestly, like, at the minute, I suppose lockdown has sort of stopped me from, you know, like, now going holidays and stuff like that, but. Straight up, just that sort of freedom that when the last puts on in the group and you feel just part of the group again, you know, it's like a different set of friends. Like you have your friends at football, like you know, and then the county ways that you spend, like you know, Sandy, you send your week with, like that. You, you do really have, like, you know, like you know, as in Johnson, you said you met friends for life through football, like, and it is true, like, you know, these guys I would never have been familiar with only for football. You have that group of friends, but you have your group of friends you grew up with, like, you know, that are always your parents, and just have enough freedom to do more stuff for them, like, is something that I really just prioritise there the last way. And has it got too serious, county football? Yeah, the demands are so so high, like, um, I think, um, is that much, is that much emphasis I'm trying to catch Dublin, um, on, like, you know, there has become that sort of like semi repression element that seems to have came into like, you know, Gaelic football, like, you know, um, and it's difficult and you can see like all the teams are trying to catch Dublin and like, you know, Dublin, great system, great setup, you know, like from the county board and all their players are like, obviously, you know, to win, not five or Ireland, you know, you have to be good footballers. Like, you know, and rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they obviously, you know, might have that bit of, you know, Better, like support unit than most counties, but like you can have all the money in the world, but you can't kick a ball or throw a ball, you're never going to win all Ireland. Like, you know, so they have that balance, and you've got like great footballers, you know, like you know, you look to your team, like you can't, you can only pick a team, pick a bad footballer to have, you know, and, and I think like every county's trying to get to that level, you know, and to get that level, you have to be doing the same work as them, and it has got very serious, and like you know, the demands of players are huge, you know, and. It's difficult for Crew Park, you know, and County Boards to try and get around it, but there has to be that sort of like, you know, callback on, you know, at the end of the day, you, know, you start playing good football because you enjoy it, it's a hobby. Yeah, and there's obviously that end goal and to be like, at the top of the sport, you have to be like an elite athlete, really. But, you know, you go play like, you go play any other sport in the world, like, you know, professional sports, even there's a, there's a downtime in it, you know, you tell the specs that. You have three months off, go you enjoy yourself, go on holidays with the boys, go do this, go on a holiday with your friends, you know, 
you've got time to do things. Whereas the other football days, like, you know, you roll in at December to start doing a bit the training, you know, over Christmas, you've got to the a Cup, then you're straight in the league, then you're straight in there, but a club football, then the county challenge, the county championships, and then your club championships, and then, like, I think, I went to Poland their last, must have been October, third of November team, and the girlfriend booked it for her birthday, and I actually came back, and the next day I had leave, League semi final play at the clubs. That's November, you know, and I'd been going the whole time from December, you know, the year before. And like, understand when you're when you're there, when you're in the bubble, like, you know, you're fully committed, like, you know, you're there for one reason only, like, you know, we're not sure where you're going to win the you know, if you're willing, if you've made that sacrifice, I said, no one's changed it again, so no one tells you you have to be there, you've made that sacrifice yourself. So, like, you know, nobody puts players in a position that they have to be there, players. Mm-hmm. You know, sacrifice this time themselves, but yeah, the demands are so high, and I think that you know, enjoyment's maybe going out of it for a lot of players. Um, I think you know, I'd obviously taken a step back, and I had my reasons, but you know, when I had taken a step back, and I seen you know a couple of things on social media, and on like you know a couple of papers and stuff, but the amount of players that left intercounty football after last season was. You know, it was incredible. Like, you know, and it was ways that were playing week in, week out in their team. Like, it wasn't ways that they might be giving it all up not to play football. It was ways that were great players at the top of their team to have performance. Like, look at Gavin, the went to Mice Gavin last this year. Like, you know, that was a, the spine of Gavin football team, you know, and it just shows, like, you know, see, like, Colin Wayne is their way of traveling now. And he's, you know, it's just something like, right, I've given it, you know, I've sacrificed so much. And then obviously I'm only saying from what it looks like from outside in, I'm going to enjoy a few few years myself, you know, and maybe that enjoyment of football has been taken out of it and I just want to go do something else at the moment. Yeah, it's just very interesting stuff, Connor, because like I really feel like what changes for the likes of Killian Clark and maybe Darren McVitie, like say if they don't have the hunger this year, what changes for the following year? Like why would a lad go back saving yourself? Like you're enjoying your bit of crack and your bit of time at the minute. What changes next year? To me, I think, to me, like, I personally, I can only speak for myself, I'm sure, like, you know, you know, I went to university with Gillian, so, like, sort of, no, man, all of the county players are driven to be the best that they can be. Um, there's maybe times that you sort of take a step back and maybe you're not enjoying yourself as much, and that's when you need to take a break. But, like, I talk, you know, very good friends with Don McCurry there, um, show set up. Took a year away, um, and he came back, and he was just biting, biting at the bit just to get back in it. You know, look how he went in the league this year. You know, he was flying. He's going really well for the last year. I think when you're at a level and like a possibility of playing for intercounty football, you always have that drive. You want to be the best. You always want to be, you know, representing your county. You want to have your county win. You know, in all Ireland, if you can, you want to be playing at the top. Now you will be playing in full quarters for the same eighty thousand people. Like for me, if I decide to go back next year, obviously, like you know, I keep myself in as like you know as good a shape as I can. I'll play as well as I can for the club. And if there's a chance that I want to go back next year, you know, if I wanted to go back, I I would would go back. And I think it's just I think it's a mentality, that sort of driven mentality within like you know intercounty players. It's sort of like. There's so many club players that can play county football with their natural ability. 
natural that I'll leave. But it comes to that sort of like the, the stab above, so sort of like will you make the sacrifices? Have you got the mentality? Have you got that drive to go do it? Um, take a step back out of the county, I don't think you'll ever lose that. Like I go back to the, you know, the club, and I would say, like, you know, there is guys at the club that I are as good as footballers than me, but I'm maybe just training that wee bit harder because I just got that sort of like, you know, mentality about me. So I think that's what drives you to go back. Like, you know, after a year, right? You always want to be the best that you can be. You want to challenge yourself against the best players. So like you take your step back, you're refreshed, and then maybe go, you know what, I maybe have a year or two left here and I only have a two, year or two left. I'm gonna try and like, you know, go and push the head in the you know, because it's definitely like, you know, something like, you know, I think that you know I wouldn't say the door is fully closed for myself because I was I look back and say, What have I not achieved with something like you know, and there's a lot, you know, like, you know, and I would want to like push myself to be able to do that again. Yeah, and so tell us about 2018, the final bits and pieces, Connor. Uh, you came up against the Dubs. Was it just was it a tough loss for you? Yeah, like I can mind the, the week or two in the build up, you know, you know, full confidence in our squad. Like, you know, I like people have said to me after, you know, in a year after, but I didn't really think it was really coming back here. And I was like, no, I did. Like, I fully expected us to go win the final, you know. I don't. I think people like say, you know, the as I say, like a bubble of throne, like like our our squad. I don't think anyone like said our squad thought, you know, throne was going to be a problem, you know. Um, but everybody in it was a hundred percent confident that we were going to go, you know, chin them, we were going to go beat them. Um, on the day, you know, that build up, you know, and that sort of underdog mentality is sort of like building everyone. And that, you know, I actually watched the match back, you know. And for the first time there, just begin the lockdown, like, and, like, for me, like, we had Dublin well rotten, and we had them on the ropes, like, you know, we were, like, five, you know, like, we were five or six, two up, you know, and we had a couple of chances, and, you know, we kicked a couple of wides, and I was so, like, I can, I can really, like, distinctly remember, like, you know, players that involved myself, but, you know, like, I was, you know, felt like I was moving well, I was winning ball, and there's a couple of balls kicked in, and, like, you know, there were, Couple of yards over hit and like you know, if they had a fed in your hands or 21 yards out for an F tap into the door to go nine, you know, eight to nine to, you know, you had the chance to be, you know, six or seven points up. And like on the pitch, you know, you definitely could see, like, I think you might won the ball, I spun and I broke down the field. And then next thing I looked up and, you know, Sullivan was on the ground and he was injured, he was going off and he was such a big, you know, you know, pillar in the defense. And, they're sort of looking around, and he, like, you know, the defender's looking around, right, what's next, what are we doing, and like, how are just, you know, setting this down, and it's sort of like, on the pitch, I was like, we've got these guys rattling, like, you know, if we can sort of like, hold them out, and then, the penalty came, and you know, you could just sort of feel that whole relief, during, like, on the pitch, they got the penalty, you could just, as if all the players just stopped, it was like, all right, that's it, you know, game's back on, where you had them sort of rattled, and you needed to sort of keep a goal out, and then, you know, tag on a couple of points, or even, not have no scores for the next five or ten minutes just to really like you know kill the game only but it's a penalty and for Ray like you know came at a really long time and maybe you know there was that you know question mark like when we were so confident maybe in the back of you know some of our players heads it was like can we really be at Dublin and you know when they scored the penalty was it about for a couple of minutes here we go again you know that sort of way and, and they had to go straight away and next thing you know you're maybe five or six points up you know 
your favourite opportunities go further front and then you can see the penalty and the goal and then next thing you're two points behind against Dublin and then you're doing what you don't want to be doing. You're going chasing Dublin, pushing yourself, opening yourself up and as I say, you look across the team and the quality that they have all over the pitch and the hurt table and it's from the chase Dublin and like lights out maybe later a hundred times like. Yeah, it was sort of one that you sort of like regret and you sort of think there's so many small things as same as every year of football, like you know, one break of the ball or one decision, like you know, it's very easy to a different story in my opinion. <laughs> anyway. And one thing that kind of crossed your mind, like say if Sean Cavanagh stayed on in 2018, like do you think he would have really like gave you a good push up that day? Um it's hard to know. Um, like Sean's obviously unreal to have around the squad, and he had that experience. And you know, you really probably, like, you know, at that exact moment, you probably needed that, like you know, you know, like that Joe McMahon, or Justin McMahon, you know, someone just like pure experience, just to turn around, like a bit of penalty, you know, kill a bit of time, settle everything down, and you know, going by, you're still in front, like you know, and I think. We were maybe on the crest of a wave and like, you know, when you scored the penalty, the next thing was get the ball out, you know, let's go, let's go, you know, let's try and use that like momentum that we had and you know, where we came back and bite us in that ass a wee bit. But sort of see where you're coming from, definitely like if I had had that you know, real like experienced figure, maybe you know, that's what we needed. But look, I wouldn't say that was a defining factor of having like, you know, someone like Sean there because when you look to your team team, it was young enough, but you know, like these, like, you know, the team team, like, the dead in all Ireland and the minor and other 21s, you know, what, like, six or seven years in a row there, and now bar one, like, being the Ireland quarterfinal, semi finals, you know, we had been there, you know, it wasn't, you know, we hadn't been in the final, but we've been in games of, you know, up there with that magnitude, like, so experience was there, it was just maybe just, um, this is the team, you know, we didn't kill it off, and, or, like, not even kill off Dublin, but like, you know, just even like slow down and maybe see it off the half time. And you know, maybe that'll be like an Ireland curve, like, you know, if they get another chance. Hmm. And how, how do you beat Dublin? I remember Stephen Poacher was saying you need to get a few goals against them. I mean, you think that's that's something you really need to do if you want to get on top of Dublin? Yeah, like, I think, you know, we, we've played them in the league plenty of times, you know, and there have been a lot of games that thrown in Dublin, like, you know, obviously the Ireland semi final, Savvy team, and the Ireland final team. Um, I said, you think I had them, you know, rattle up the start, you know, and, you know, you probably, if you had got a goal around that time, you know, that would have been a big, um, a big boost. But I think the quality they have, and, like, you know, if you're starting to, like, real play open, expansive football, like, the quality that they have in their kick pass and, you know, your forward line, you know, uh, Callahan and Mannion, you know, with the accuracy of Dean Rock, etc. You know, they, you know, it'd be a very unlikely that Dublin won't score, you know, you know, yeah. and, you know, a goal is a massive score, you know, in any game of football. So if they're going to score one, maybe two, like, you know, that's six points that you have to kick over the bar, that's six attacks, you know. For me, like, you know, they're that good. They'll have, that, they'll have a lot of possession of the ball. They're very calm on the ball, you know, they seem to have, like, they Heads up the setup, you know, even when they have a ball looking there from midfield, like you know, they can hear calls and they want to do something. Just slow the game away down, and you know, like attack if they can attack last two minutes, you know, they're happy, you know, and then working in that scoring zone. So, we'll have a lot of the ball. And if they're going to score goals, I think you know, if you can't keep them out, I think you definitely are going to have to score goals. But it's difficult because, in my experience, 
Dublin defenders are tuned not to see goals. Like, um, I know, like, I, like I can recall, like the last final, Finney of Maha was on me, and it was just a start of the game, and Kieran McKellen was running straight through, and I came right on the loop. And as 25 yards out, right from the net, and Finney of Maha just basically stopped with 21. Oh, really? Connor, you get that one to the bar. But at this moment, I we can't afford to concede a goal, so I'm not following you out to leave a gap, you know. So, like, I think they have that, that mentality of, like, you know, they know when they can't afford to concede a goal. You can take a, you can take a point all you want, but you're not getting in here. So, like, they're, like, full back lane for a good of, like, reading. And, like, you know, that just doesn't come off a of training ground. That's being a good leader of the game, experience, a good defender in general. And as he said, reading the game, we can't afford to go this stage, go on ahead and take a step back off you. And then that's score a point. Um, you know, so to get in front of them, you sort of need to catch them on, like, maybe you probably catch them on sort of like a counter attack or, like, you know, at the beginning of a half where, you know, there is only certain times of the game I think you will catch them. Yeah. Well, Fingers crossed someone beats them soon. <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, like, you know, watch them and they, you have to give them credit, like, how good they are, you know, and like some of like, the players, you know, and, you know, having that experience of playing against them, like, fitness physically, you know, and football ability-wise, you know, they're a brilliant football team, but I think everybody's probably, when, excuse me, I think everybody outside of Dublin, when they're at a stage of, for the sake of the GA, yeah. you know, we're looking them, we're looking them beat, like, you know, just to sort of bring that back, and look, uh, I've been at the Atlanta Finals there, you know, like Kerry last year and both teams last year like you know the big chances are that like, Kerry pretty easy don't they um, yeah. was at the Mayo game basically sitting in the hole in stone and getting the corner hit the post and you're looking at the game like you know that Mayo had so much opportunities and like you know Mayo scored two on goals you know that day and you're sitting there going like you know there has been like for people to say that like you know Dublin's unbeatable like you know if you go back and look at the last game there's definitely games that you know they have they've grinded out, they've worked so hard to get themselves back in that game where like nine out of ten other teams are gonna be done and busted, you know. Yeah, um, double stuff at it, you know, just trusted the process that they have and um look, I think that the gap has sort of closed um for a lot of people think. Um I would never rule out Jerome um going to win the alarm. I think there's a lot of teams coming through there like you know that have you know kind of pushing. But like you know, as I say, like after the Ireland final, like Kerry, after certain their teams we took in, yeah, we thought you know we thought to take one of these guys, and that would be interesting. And you know, as every teams come and try and catch Dublin, and Dublin trying to stay on top, like you know, it's still always going to be an interesting championship. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose just um, the word on the GEA set out the roadmap for getting back to playing club football. Uh, it's looking like the end of July. Um, have your county bird? County board indicated when the championship will start for you. Yeah, so we actually, um, so we, Jordan, they have, you know, we obviously got together and we've made a plan and we've sent it out to the club. So all club players have it there at the moment. So um, we are going to start on the 31st of July. It's Friday night. Um, it's going to be league games, two, two league games the first two weeks. So we're going to play Friday, Sunday, and then Friday, Sunday again. Um, I think that takes us until the, the 9th of August. And then the club championship is going to start that Thursday night, which is like 14th, 14th, around that time of August. Club championship is going to run 
the first round is going to be spread out for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then you're going to have another round of league fixtures next week. And then you've got the weekend, the following weekend is going to be your quarterfinal. The following weekend is going to be your semi-final. A round of league fixtures before the championship finals. And I think the senior championship final is set for around the 20th of September. So, and then you've got, you know, a couple of league games. So they put the championship in the middle of the league games, which I have... Look, I've heard some people complaining about it um, because, you know, it just like, there's that chance that after the championship that the county players will be taking away from the clubs again, but like, 99 out of 100 players, like, like, you know, 99 out of 100 players in the throne are probably going to be happy with the situation. Like, um, guys just want to play football now, so that's the thing I say. Got it for credit studio, county goals for sitting down and making the fixtures and coming up with a plan. That's, you know, the plan works. They've had to change the whole league format and kind of change like the Cabinet Championship format as a straight knockout and give us dates and what we're playing. So, look, I can't see any problem with it. Um, in true, we can play with, with no football um, and then we get to we have a play twice in a week with guys complaining. So, Going to just say shit like how do you keep people happy, but you're not obviously going to keep everybody happy, so kind of goes rolling out and I'm happy enough with those. And, and tell me about the club scene in Tyrone, Connor. It seems to be very enjoyable to play, and like you get, you get the ball rolling fairly early in Tyrone, don't you? The championship boys, um, they had done it for a few years actually. So for a few years, they'd actually got the ball rolling, you know, after the first round of the Ulster Championship, and um, but they've actually done away with that there over the last couple of years. So I think all clubs agreed that they would rather wait towards the end of the when the throne in the county championships forward, whenever that may be, and then they play a league game and then they play a championship. But um throwing championship is and maybe maybe I'm biased, but I don't think there's, you know, another county championship in this or anywhere else is competitive or let's say you stressed out to Ireland like and that's the one that's competitive. Um, yeah. the start of the year. You're looking at maybe nine, ten teams that says we can go win this. Um, you know, you look back to we won it in 2008, 2013. Um, Jim Moore's won it a couple of times since then. Craig Clahard's won it. Clyden's won it a couple of times. Harley Kieran's won it a couple of times. Oma's won it a couple of times. Clark Moore's got beaten three or four finals since then. Um, and I said, Trinic there, and I didn't know they'd won it a couple of times. So, like, it was like, over the last, you know, 10 years, 12 years, like, you know, there's never been seven or teams that's won it. Um, I'm not 100% sure if I'm, if I'm correct on this, but I think it's from 2003, 2004, and around that time, there hasn't been a back-to-back winner in the championship. And, like, there's years, like, you know, teams are winning a championship and then going out the first round the next year because it's not, like, you know, similar to all that. Yeah, it's, you know, not a true championship is there's a lot of teams that can beat anyone on the day. Yeah, I think it was um what year was that then? 2016? That came up from Indonesia. Well maybe in around 14, 15, I'm not 100 percent sure now off the top of my head, but Trinic were beating an intermediate championship final, yes, intermediate final and then came back up and won senior championship the next year, you know, so like yeah, it just shows you know, like there's there's teams that can come and win it from everywhere in the league. It's competitive, it's good. 
And tell us about the Ulster Championship county-wise, um, Connor, because we would have played just in 2016. It would have been two games. Jeez, the first game was pissing rain down in Clonus. What were them games like to play? Yeah, um, I can actually make them games well. Um, the Ulster Championship, I, I seen Cal McShane was doing a podcast last night and they were talking about sort of like the competitiveness of the um, Ulster Championship. Well, that is serious, you know, like, I think that year I was playing 16, is that right? Yeah. We had played Calvin in the league final, in Division 2 league final. Oh, yeah, you played us, yeah. Yeah, in, in Cook Park. Um, and we had Calvin, we, had played, we were down playing Calvin, that was a semi final. Yeah. And I can make money that game, but we played these guys in the league, in the group stage, or like the league format, we played these guys in the McKenna um, the Cup that year, we played these in the league final. And then I was going in the game and then was like, I was a bit Calvin handy enough. You know, this was people outside of, like, you know, our, our squad. Just the, like, you know, general public, you know, when they're in the club. And they're like, Jones, too good for Calvin. So then I said, going, geez, I'd like you to go out and play them because it's not, <laughs> it's not that easy. Like, I was like, you know, I said, you said talking to me, you know, like, that hardly player for you in the club. And they're like, I get them. And I was like, can we tell you? But, yeah, the, I... Jamie scored a goal late. Not the is that right? In the first in the first game, was that right? Yeah, we, we got a goal late. I think who was this? Was it Gibney or something? Was he panned ah, it? I'll tell you, that I don't think that goal should have been allowed because I'm nearly sure mine had picked it up from the or whoever set him up. It shouldn't have been yeah. allowed. I was just very we were lucky. I, I can mind playing it, you know, and like um I had a couple of points at the start and um I can mind like, you know. A bobby led off to me and I kicked it over in the second half. I sort of like turned it up on the scoreboard to say, like, you know, what's on it? What's on it now? You know, I sort of read, like, you know, that must be three or four, you know, just in the caught up in the game. You know, the scoreboard was a draw, and I was like, oh, what? I was like, that equally sends a game over here, two or two fights up, you know, and then we sort of got a wee bit of control in the game, and then next thing, you know, we conceded the goal, and you sit in the last like, a game with the goal winning, and I was like, we have to go do this all again, you know, and you know, we came off the league final. Everyone was going really well, and Johnny Gall was sitting late in the final, I think, um, that year. And we went and played uh, Calvin again in the replay in Clonus, and it was a scorching day. He hammered the absolute shite out of us. Uh, I think I was actually, uh, I think I was, maybe Nice was actually born that day. Oh. And I came in, and um, I hadn't scored a goal in the championship yet. Um, um, I think my dad was doing the WhatsApp group or something, you know, where like, Grace was born and he, he was like, oh, this is a big day. He's like, get a win, Ulster final coming up, Connor, you know, maybe, uh, maybe even hit the net. And then I came in, like, you were like, cheer for a fight, something like that, off in the half line, they just looked up, there was nobody there. <laughs> he was like, what is happening? And um, I just started running towards the net, and I get like, I, like, I'm not over, like, I'm not the quickest there, but like, I'm quick enough. I mean, this main door, the video was running behind me, and I was like, he's going to catch me. He came about 40 yards behind me, and he was flying. But I had the nap, and then next attack, I think, I just found the ball across and where he ran out of power, and I was like, oh, the floodgates flood started open, I think. Yeah, it was depressing. I think it actually um, was, had to be watching clips, you know, just as I go game, and I think I think we reacted like 5 8 or something like that again. against Calvin, but I think, like, you know, at the end of the game, Calvin sort of gave up when we reacted the score, and then we, sure. had, we, we we had conceded then that we ended up conceding like two seventeen or something so the club gets through in the open. Open game. 
Yeah, she he's pumped us last year in the championship as well. Like, why, why are you so mean to us down at Clonus, Connor? <laughs> why are you so shite, John? That's what it is. <laughs> I, I must say, it's like 2018. I, I was going really well. We said Calvin in the qualifiers up in Bruce Park. That was tight. That was tight. I came in that game and I was like, oh, I'm going really well. I never got a kick. And then like that was the day that just everything was going wrong. Well. Every time I got a bit out of space, the ball was over hit or you know, over the side line was the ending. And I was like, something's bound to fall into my hands very, very soon. Like, this is bound to work out soon for me. Because like, I'd been playing well before. Next thing ball in, got the ball around the defender, one on the keeper, decided I'd go round the goalkeeper too. Fell, stumbled over myself and I was like <laughs> <laughs> and I dropped the ball and I was like I was like, this is definitely not working out for me. Like, and I got took off that like, game, like, and they won. Jeez, that's probably one of the best games of my life. And I was going off, and Ricky just sort of even, like, just was in your day. And I was like, I. And it's like, it's like one of the only times that I got taken off. I was actually disappointed that I got taken off. It was easy that I got taken off. But I think it was the only time that I actually agreed. Yeah, Colin, it's just been taken off that day. Was I even, yeah, it was, it was bad. Like, <laughs> we've had plenty of games against Calvin. Loads. And, yeah, and touching on that 2016 uh, team, Connor, like, that was the strongest team we actually had for years. That's the mad thing. Yeah, that 2016 team, um, they just seemed to be full of the under-21 team that beat us in 2012. Everyone and, was back. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're a serious team. Like, um, um, I don't think they got credit for like, how good they were. I think, you know, maybe ourselves and Donegal and Monaghan, we're like peaking around that 15, 16, 17, you know, like in around them years. And I think it sort of fell at a bad time for Calvin because, you know, you maybe failed to get over the line and, you know, a couple of big games, you know. But like definitely, as I said, 16, 16 retages in the Canada Cup, you know, and it was only the Canada Cup, but it was a tough, tough game. Pages in the league up in Oma, tough game. Crew Park in the final of the league. Yeah, it's uh, like, you know, I know, like, you know, Rooney scored the goal. You know, it sort of opened up a gap. You know, the Dav came out. Uh, I think shortly after the Dav, I tried to volley the ball for 14 yards and running the bar. These are bullies. I think, I think God, you only dabbed that game because it sort of took the like, it took the attention off the fact that like I decided to try bicycle kick the ball in the net. Like, Kelly Cavan led off the ball and it was coming over about like it was about hip height. Like instead of reaching out to catch the ball and kick it. I thought, you know that we are lost for this year, so he caught it in the valley, just raising the skin to cross ball over the bar. Next thing I was like, oh, probably the stupidest thing I could have done there, you know, but came off after the game and obviously we got the win, which sort of took the bad luck off it, but we only had dabbed in Crew Park, which was basically making headlines everywhere, and like people were like, what did you want to stop? <laughs> no, but you're only, I think. Which, no, I remember he wasn't. Oh, I was down in the final. I was down in the final. I only loved the keeper in the side. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the salt. The yeah. Nice. So Ronnie's good family. He, he picks the good ones. Um, I made the rookie mistake of um, telling my physio that I gave him a shout out after I scored a goal. So I was in 18, Louis said, Yeah, give him a shout out. He goes, Oh, I sure make an L for the camera. You know, when I hit the net, you know, it was always a joke. Next thing I put the L up to the words beforehead, and then next thing I was told that I was taking the hand out of the cork and was doing the Fortnite celebration. And I was like, no, I was actually, <laughs> actually, told, actually told Louis I'd do that for him last year, and I hadn't got around to doing it. So, 
I'd score the goal against Leeds and Leeds are like, you didn't do the L, like, you know, I was waiting on it and I was like, oh, next week I'll tell me. The next time you score, I'll get it. I'll score against Cork and I don't know the next thing, yeah. Family WhatsApp people went off. I was like, Tommy, you're getting some abuse in the RTE photograph. And I was like, what did they do? RTE used a photograph of me in the L shape in my head. And they say people were just ripping into me. And I was like, yeah. I just sort of wondered, I was like, yeah, I deserve that sort of, but like, I didn't mean what people had thought I'd meant. Like, so I sort of knew myself, like, I didn't get too caught up in it. Yeah. And come here, Connor. We need a few forwards up in Kildare. When you come up to us, you can do a Shawnee Johnson kind of transfer again. <laughs> I'll be honest I played down Newbridge a few times and I haven't had much luck down there um, <laughs> so he's making <laughs> shite stadium shite pitch I wouldn't even call it stadium <laughs> uh, um, we played Newbridge that must have been 2018 as well in the league, league. Uh, was that the day it snowed I think I was at that yeah I have a picture of my Instagram from that day and I actually used it because um, I'd sort of seen a couple of things you know from in news articles and stuff and I'd use pictures and I'd seen a picture of myself and the sun was splitting the trees. Like, you, you were thinking, why is I sitting eating nice trolleys and uh, <laughs> sunglasses on? And then I clicked on, there was like a, an article or something, I clicked in to read it. Um, I think Maddie clicked a great point to read yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and the picture was me standing in front of the net and it was snowing. Yeah. So I actually have a picture of my Instagram. I was playing for there on the same day and it's snowing and dark in one picture. And then about five minutes later, the sun yeah, slipped yeah. the trees and it looked like it was about 30 degrees. I can yeah. play in down in Newbridge 2000, I'm going to say it was 2014. And there were maybe five or six points up in the last couple of minutes and we scored two goals to win it. Oh, we were hammering you. Yeah, I tell you what, that was the coldest day I have ever played football. And Newbridge facilities at the time wouldn't be that great. Haven't uh, changed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, they've got mobiles now, you know, which is a bit easier, but the st- we couldn't even get into the showers and the water was cold. And I mean, you walk out on the pitch, you could see your breath. It was, yeah, it must have, it must have been minus five year pen. So um, no, I don't think I'd do any use down in Newbridge after the <laughs> last, last couple of performances that I've had down there. It's a shocking setup, Connor. I feel sorry. Breffy Park's top class. Oh. There, I uh, the memories of the referee aren't going too well. Like, this again, me and then Johnny Gallagher, some hammer in there last year. Oh, yeah, remember that. So, um, that McKenna Cup game, Connor. Um, what was the crack with it? Like, we bet it was one or two points, wasn't it? I am, um, I actually didn't mind going into Cabin Hostel and the nurse turned around and he goes, What happened like that? And I was so like, you know, like as a joke, and I was like, what you, what's wrong? So like, that's the fourth person that's came into hospital from that game. So I think um, Ray Brown had like done his SE joint and dislocated the shoulder that day. There's a couple of Calvin guys, like, I'm not 100% sure. I think they was someone had done their collarbone, and like, you know, someone took it like a maybe concussion or something. But look, it's, um, I think Sean and Calvin games were always like, I don't think there's any like, you know, real nastiness in them. Uh, I think they're just sort of good hard hitting games like and mine was just sort of a, an instant I'm not 100% sure what happened the ball was on the ground and someone came through the outside of the knee with the shoulder like so I don't know why that happened but it did like you know uh, but they, yeah definitely Calvin Calvin got the win that day I think it was you know by a few points I think Manny Daly actually got sent off oh that was hilarious actually yeah he, I think um, he hit Johnson on the face and Johnson dived or something I think it was something like that because as they say in the medical room on this 
Sam waiting on the ambulance and I heard the big roar and next thing the team doctor came in and he's like, Johnny Johnson, they just fell over there like a sack of spuds <laughs> and then Monty was sent off. Like, so, um, yeah, it, was, it, was an, it was an interesting game. Like, and, was Medellin over Calvin that year? God. That would have been the second game of charge, uh, Connor. yeah. Yeah, because I just started thinking, because I know that I um, made the same with yeah, or actually Duncan, um, Big Oz was um, the goalkeeping coach there, he's from Clark Moore, and uh-huh. there's, uh, there's a lad that was actually involved with Sean, a young lad, Dal McEarley, that uh, passed away. Oh, Jesus, you know, Connor, yeah, yeah. Um, I can coming, yeah, he was involved with them. He was, yeah. Uh, Calvin that year, and I'm just trying to think back, there was it a soul link in the management system with that game on it? Because Kamal would actually, me and Dom, um, we would actually got on, you know, well when he was in the mm. setup when, when I was going to the hospital and the phone was ringing, he was ringing me to make sure that everything was okay. To be fair, I thought he was bringing the bag and getting it in because I didn't know if he knew it. No, so, yeah, it was, Crafty's not the, not in the top of the list either, like, so I think I'll stick it down a few more. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going anywhere. Connor, I'm going to ask you one more. I love asking everyone this. So, the best player you've played with so far in Inter County and the best player you've played against? So far, so far. So far, yeah. yeah. Coming back. Um, so, we're talking obviously with your own, or we're just talking Inter County players in general because I've played with like YouTube, University, and with Railway Cup teams. Um, well, like, it's probably a common answer, like, but I had a drive playing with them in the Railway Cup team and down in Johnstown. Um, me and Jamie Clark in the front forward lane, yeah. or in the front forward lane, I think. Jamie Clark's a serious operator, like, you know, just, just pure talent, like, you know, um, a great footballer. Um, look, at the same time, you know, like, like, it's, like obviously, Sean, like, Stephen O'Neill, actually, like, before oh, yeah. we went any further, like, um, first year I, was on the tone setup. Um, the year before me and Don McCurry were asked into the in house game. And I went up so sort of thinking, I can go back for a club here, you know, maybe get, you know, nose through the door, maybe, you know, get a call in the next couple of years. Uh next thing Don he went up thinking, Oh, where are we called in here? And I think it was like two more like basically a week out from playing on the championship that year. Don he was going in go I'm going to rip it up here and I'm going to get on this panel. I was going in very uh, I hope you can make an impression the next next year. Um, but then we played all them boys, and when I started the next year, Stephen he was there. He was absolutely like this. Yeah. Like when we were talking just came down to training games, like that day, like, oh yeah, the, the, the dummy, dummy solo. Yeah. But he dummy solo that time, and after it was before and after down at the Cusick Stand side, he kicked the left for the point, like basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Step. yeah, yeah. That's probably the highlight of my career. I passed on that ball. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Best thing you've done in a two jury, fist pass, five yard fist pass, and Stevie Reed watching the park. No, Stevie's definitely, definitely up there. You've got like, you know, Joe Mays, you got Stevie and Sean, you know, Joe McMahon, like, you know, all them guys that, you know, treated like, you know, these were top, top players for Sean. We got to try with them. Formerly, you know, all them guys, you know, in the first few years, obviously, the last few years. Like Marty and Petey, Marty Daly and Petey Hart are serious. Yeah. Like, you know, um, but I'd say that's true. Like, you know, it had joys in, like, you know, playing like someone like Jimmy Clark. Yeah, unbelievable. So good, yeah. 
Now, that against um, are we talking just on the pitch or who have actually marked what, what they're going with you? Uh, yeah, anyone you've played against, I suppose, that stood out to you. Um, well, like, you know, just obviously, like, you know, for the time that I ate there from 13, you know, um, like, Keith Higgins, Mayo, Mayo, we came across there a couple of times. Serious operator, had a mark a couple of times, but it's serious footballer. But probably since he's only 13, like, you could say, like, Dublin really, like, um, ruined the roost, you know, in any football, so it'd be hard to, like, not mention one of them. And, I think McCarthy doesn't get as much credit no, as he deserves, and he is a, an operator in the half deck, you know, midfield, half back, half forward. You put him wherever you want, like, you know, for a real team player, whilst you got a leader, just uses class player football, like, you know, he's very you know, just as a midfield, just straight out midfielder, he needs everything. But to me, like, I think McCarthy gives so much to that team that people don't actually appreciate. I think people do appreciate him being a great footballer. Like, you know, and I think it's wrong for me to say, I think he just doesn't get enough credit. Um, he really, yeah, like, you know, there is players like, you know, on like, you know, um, Ken Kenny, Manny, you know, Callahan, like, they probably do, like, you know, the scoring or like, yeah. like you know, the, the headlines, but McCarthy deserves serious amount of respect for what he's done for them. He has an unbelievable amount of nothing in my opinion. Like, and for that can as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, I know one thing I just wouldn't want to be running after him for a full 70 minutes <laughs> the man's an absolute machine no, so that's who I'm going to go for him and McCarthy and Jamie Clark I think are yeah. just two Good guys and, and Higgins as well actually Good Good yeah Connor thanks that was brilliant really appreciate that no problem appreciate it lads hope you enjoyed it cheers Thanks for listening in and don't forget that you can follow the Mick and Mac GAA football podcast on Instagram, Twitter and we are on Spotify as well as all other podcast platforms.